If you're looking to grow from six to seven figures or seven figures in revenue a year and seven figures a year in revenue to seven figures a month in your e-commerce business, or if you feel like you've plateaued, this is the podcast for you. You're listening to the Journey to an Eight-Figure Ecom Business Podcast. My name is Emmanuel Alea, founder and CEO of Alea Systems, where we build systems to build brands online and teach e-commerce founders how to go from six figures a year to six figures a month in 90 days or less. I scaled my first e-commerce business from zero to seven figures in two years and seven to eight figures three years later. Since then, we've created an agency to help others recreate the same success, partnering with over 50 e-commerce businesses as clients. In just the last year, we've helped 12 of them go from six figures to seven figures and five of them 10x their businesses, going from around 30K a month in revenue to over 300K a month in revenue. And we're just getting started. I want to remind you that this podcast, it's not for everyone, right? This is for people who already have an idea. They're already selling, but they're also not funded. They don't have money just sitting in the bank, burning a hole that they can use like uh, VC-backed companies do. And you're using your own cash to grow your own business, right? You're trying to also have a life while also having a business, not being a slave to your business and constantly in there all the time. Uh, but at the same time, even though you're trying to have a life, you feel the pressure of having to do it all yourself. So today in this podcast, we're talking about the journey from start to eight figure econ business. And this episode specifically, we're talking about what it looks like to go from the side hustle to a full-time income with your e-commerce store. The way I like to think about the phases of an e-commerce business is you start out, you make the make the leap, right? You decide, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a business. So you start reading, you start researching, you start taking all the courses, all the gurus, and you pick your business model. You figure out which one it is you want to do. You land on e-commerce. So you're in our, our wheelhouse, right? You decide, I want to sell products, whether that's drop shipping, Amazon business, or something like that. Uh, and you find a niche, find an audience, you start selling, you get that going. That takes you into the side hustle stage, right? You've built your store or you built your Amazon business and you start selling, people start buying. Uh, and that's what leads you up to this point. That's the first point, side hustle. Uh, from there, the next stage is trying to get to a full-time income, right? Trying to make it to where you can live off of that. This is around about one to 10K in revenue, right? You're not quite making enough. Uh, to support yourself with the profits, you're reinvesting it all back in inventory. That's stage one, right? So the second stage is trying to go from I've got my side hustle to getting it to about six figures in income. So that's profit to yourself every year or just trying to get it to where you can support yourself and actually do it full time. And third stage is after you can profitably do this and you're running a business is now trying to get this business to go to either seven figures plus or six figures a month or a seven figure month. And at that point, uh, things are different. Now you're focused on scaling your systems, building your team. Uh, and at that point, once you've done that, uh, you're going for eight. Eight figures is all about how do you take those systems you built to go from six to seven and build your and invest them in the right team and the right systems. So today we're going to start out talking about what business, what niche you're going to be in. You already decided you're going to be a bootstrapped entrepreneur, and now you've got your side hustle going, and you want to make this thing a full-time income, get it to six figures plus a year. So where are you at? You've chosen your niche, chosen your products, built a Shopify store, you set up your social media channels, 
and you found a way to get your initial customers, whether that's word of mouth, friends and family, social media, going to live events and just telling people about it. At this point, you're doing one to 10,000 in revenue, but it's not enough to make a living off of. At this stage, this is where most people fail, right? Uh, and also, this stage, most people have a second source of income, right? You either have a dual household or a job that helps you make uh, ends meet, right? It's a side hustle stage. You're hustling to make it. Most people don't make it out. Most of them fail. And that's a-okay. That's fine. In fact, it's a good thing. The worst thing is when people succeed besides themselves and then they fail later on when it's bigger and they made it full time. At this point, you still got a second income. It is okay at this point to call it quits. If you're like, look, this ain't for me, please, by all means, if you need permission to quit, take it from me. The route ahead of you doesn't get any easier, right? You just get, you still have problems. You still have issues. You just get better problems, better issues, right? But problems don't go away. We want to focus on the people that make it out of this stage, right? So that if you're one of those lucky few who make it out of this stage, that's what that's who I'm talking to. If you don't make it out again, it's a okay. But if you're in a position to make it out, uh, that's who I want to talk to today. And in fact, I want to give you some clues because a lot of times knowledge is ignorant. Knowledge is power, excuse me. And ignorance, people say is bliss. I disagree, right? So just knowing is half the battle. So if you know what it looks like to be one of those businesses that makes it out, you can make your decision whether that's to stop or go forward, right? So let me answer the question. What is it that separates people that make it out of this stage from people that get stuck or fall out in this stage? It's one simple concept. I like to call it product market fit. It's actually a concept that comes from the lean startup community. It's not even my concept. It comes comes from the lean startup community. And I'll tell you, if you really latch onto this concept, it will change the game for you and your business, right? It's basically the idea that for products or businesses to be successful, they need to have a really good product but also a really good market that is ready to buy those products, right? If you can achieve product market fit, your products basically sell themselves. And for those founders that achieve it, it's almost like they almost like they just shot up overnight. You see these success stories where people are like, that. I started my business and a year later we were doing $10 million, right? That's not because they're any smarter than you or they worked harder than you or they have more money than you. It's not because of that. It's simpler for those folks because because they figured out what the market is truly valuing. And when you can figure out what the market is truly valuing, these products sometimes sell themselves, right? It's much simpler for those folks. If you don't have product market fit, what does that feel like? It feels like you're beating your head against the wall, right? It feels like everything you do just isn't working. You sell things, you try cold email, you try paid advertising, you try doing live events, pop-up shops, going into retail, and people just aren't buying what you're selling. You're making the product. It doesn't doesn't come out right, or people don't necessarily like it once you make it. You know, you're either trying to sell, really what you're trying to do is you're either trying to sell a product that the market doesn't want or to the wrong market, right, which is the market side of things, or you're trying to sell a bad product to a market that is looking for something different or better, right? And there's no offense taken to this really uh, knowledge is power here. If the sooner you know that, the sooner you can get out or pivot, right? Pivoting is a key concept. There's no shame in it, right? Entrepreneurship is all about failing fast. So if you fail quickly, just pick back up, move on to the next one. That is okay. Pivot is a good thing. It's something to be proud of, right? 
Don't try and sell a product that the market doesn't want or try to sell a product that is bad or that the market is looking for something like it, but a little bit different, right? Okay, so we're e-commerce folks here, right? And so I like speaking specifically to e-commerce folks. And this concept is actually even more important for us as e-commerce. Why does product market fit make more sense for e-commerce? Because product market fit is all about gaining trust, right? When you have the right offer going to the right market, they immediately pay attention. It resonates with them and their defenses go down for your pitch. So selling almost becomes a breeze, right? This is important for all businesses, but absolutely crucial for e-commerce businesses. Because think about it, it, it is a ridiculous idea to buy something online, isn't it? Right? Just, just think about it. What are we actually asking people to do when we set up our e-commerce store and put our products there? We're literally asking them, hey, you went to work, you got your paycheck. Now I want you to jump on the computer and give me some of that hard-earned cash on a product you've never held, touched, seen, or felt in person. And then I want you to sit and wait for a week while we process it, ship it, and then hopefully when it arrives, it's intact and usable just like you were expecting. And after a week of waiting for this product with their money gone, uh, with your money gone, the product might not be what you're expecting. Then that person has to try and figure out how to either get another one or try to get their money back from us. Hopefully, they may have, they didn't get screwed. That's kind of what they're sitting hoping. Uh, they actually will get their money back or they'll get another product. Right? This is a very tough thing that we're asking people to go through. It's no wonder why anyone buys online at all. It is a very risky proposition. Right? Just think about what this looks like in real life. In case that example isn't really resonating, right? Just imagine you go down to the dog park. I'm just go walk my dog and you're just walking your dog and you know, you're talking to your friends, chatting it up. You got your dog on the leash and it just keeps pulling, but no worries. It's, it's fine. We'll be home soon. I'm having a good time talking with my friends, sharing stories, liking what they're saying, commenting on things that they said, sharing interesting uh, anecdotes and jokes and different things. And then some guy walks up to you and he's like, Hey, look, are you interested in buying extended leashes that let your dog run wild and play and have fun? They're 50% off, buy one, get one, uh, free shipping, get as many as you want, only three left in stock. No, this, this is going to be ridiculous. You'll be like, immediately, get away from me, get gone, buy. I cannot trust you. I have no idea what this thing is. I don't even care. You're interrupting me. Like You would have nothing but negative feelings. I don't know this person. I don't trust this person, right? So why would I ever even consider or think about buying from that. That's what we're asking people to do when we just slap up a Shopify store or slap up an e-commerce store and throw some products up there and then run an ad to them while they're trying to engage in Facebook and have fun with their friends online, right? To buy my stuff, right? It's a scary thing. There's no trust, right? If we can't overcome those fears and doubts and gain their trust in a way that makes them feel comfortable making a purchase, they'll never make a purchase, right? And that's where product market fit comes in. If we have a really good product that we present to a market that is hungry for that product, we win. So the question is, how do you successfully achieve product market fit? Obviously, it's not a, a very uh, easy thing, uh, and it also never ends. It's a never-ending process, and it's the primary job of the founder to continuously be confirming product market fit. But the solution lies in truly, truly understanding your market's problems, 
right? That's how you achieve product market fit. You want to be able to fully articulate what the problems are that your product solves for them. More importantly, you want to pull out the high value problem, right? The difference between regular problems and a high value problem is that the high value problem has far more emotions tied to it when people talk about it, right? It's not just a regular old problem. It's, it's something that is, they're sitting there and it's just like, oh, there's pain. You can feel the anguish and it's hard to pull out of just uh, one or two conver conversations or even some text messages. You can see it on their face. You can see it in their body language. That's why it's crucial to, to do these kind of customer interviews and, and prospect interviews and try and pull out what is the actual problem that they're having, right? A great example of this is in the losing weight space, right? Weight loss space. You know, the people will come at you with all kinds of problems, right? They have all kinds of problems. I'm overweight. I have high blood pressure. My clothes don't fit. It's hard to cut my toenails, start tying my shoes, all those things. I eat too much, right? I have heartburn, indigestion, all these things. These are problems, right? We're looking for the high value problem, right? This is a kind of, this is an example. I can't keep up with my kids anymore when we play and I'm ashamed. I just can't. I don't like it. It's frustrating. There's a difference there, right? There's an energy there. There's a feel, there's emotion. There's a depth to that problem versus, oh, I've been eating too much, right? High value problem. Another example is, hey, look, I just got notified that I'm going to lose my job because I can't pass my PT test, right? How would that make you feel? You're going to lose your sole source of income, something you've been proud of, uh, and going to have to go look for work, all because you're overweight. That, my friends, is a high-value problem, right? And they are the difference between a side hustle and scaling beyond this high side hustle stage. Because you know that if your solution solves that problem, people are going to be willing to look way past all the potential risks to get your solution. Right? They'll be so focused on themselves and figuring out this problem that they'll overlook having to wait a week or the risk that they may lose their, their cash or that the product was damaged in shipping and they have to get another one. All those main issues that we talk about in e-commerce that are potential objections or, or things that erode trust or make people uh, not buy, all those things just kind of fade away when you're trying to keep your job. Right when you're trying to pass your PT test, when you're trying to play with your kids, that's what people people keep in mind. That's what sticks in their brain when they're searching for your solution and, and looking at your product. So let's take that dog park example again, right? To show you what this is—a high value problem. What if instead of having a leash that lets your dog run free and have fun and run wild while you just stand there and let it go, the guy presented to you something different? Guy comes up, walks up to you while you're talking to your friends, and say, "Hey." we got this new method of training your dog to sit still while you talk. They just will sit here. And if you're interested, we also happen to have a leash that helps them uh, recognize when it's time for you to be, for them to be still or for them to move. How much more likely are you to be receptive to that interruption than the guy who was selling the extended dog lease for 50% off, Right. That solution came to you at a time where your dog was tugging and pulling while you're just trying to have a conversation with your friends, right? Now I'm going to be able to finally just sit quietly and talk to my friends at the dog park while my dog knows it's time to be quiet. High value problem, right? I'm tired of my dog running crazy. I almost fell over the last time and pulls my arm out of socket. It's a high value problems. And the person walked up and presented a potential solution to that exact problem. 
all of a sudden, our guard is down. Now I'm interested to hear more about what you have to say. Did he have to even offer the BOGO, the 50% off? No, didn't have to do it because he found a high-value problem that I need a solution for, right? This is why it seems effortless for those founders that get out of the stage because they really don't have to work hard to sell to their customers. They're not really selling, right? All they're really doing is presenting a solution to a problem the customer's already facing. And most times, the customer pretty much sells themselves, right? As long as you maintain that trust, though, through the buying process by not doing things like confusing them, not responding to customer service messages, not shipping the packages, selling them a product that doesn't work, right? And just eroding that trust, right? You'll close the deal and have a happy customer. That's the key. So let's start to wrap up here, right? Going from side hustle to full-time income is not about tactics and techniques. It's not about courses or gurus or some new marketing channel or slick marketing. No amount of fancy packaging or PR can make up for a bad product or a market that doesn't want your product. This is why most people fail at this stage. They lose sight of this. They get caught up in all the bells and whistles of business and lose sight of their customers and the problem their products solve for that customer. Business is really hard when you do it that way. Don't let this happen to you. Keep close attention to how your products are solving your audience's needs and from there, you just need to present it to them and get it to them and find more like them. It's fairly straightforward. This is how you go from side hustle to at least being able to make a living on your business alone. In the next podcast, we'll dive deeper into how to validate that you've achieved product market fit and how to maintain that product market fit as you scale and grow your e-commerce business. Subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. If you know of any other e-commerce businesses trying to go from six to seven figures, share this show with them. Visit our website, www.aleasystems.com. Sign up for our newsletter. As a thank you for signing up for our newsletter, you'll immediately get access to our Clavio email marketing resource kit. A must if you're selling online to make sure you're getting the most revenue you can from back-end sales and not having to constantly scale through paid acquisition. 